morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, September 1st. In case you were wondering, the first day of fall comes on September 22nd, just a couple weeks away. On this date in 1945, Americans received the first word of Japan's formal surrender that ended World War II. And on this date in 1985, a U.S. and French expedition finally located the wreckage of the Titanic on the ocean floor. The discovery came 73 years after that great ship sank after hitting an iceberg. Let's check out your weather forecast for this Thursday over at the First Alert Weather Center. Hey, good Thursday morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sofi. Slight chance of rain as you head out the door this morning. Take the umbrellas just in case. Warm and muggy starting out in the upper 70s. We'll be in the mid-80s at lunchtime, mid to upper 80s this afternoon. More clouds and sunshine today, along with the chance of a couple of showers and storms really at any time, although probably the best chance from lunchtime through the afternoon hours. Tomorrow, kind of a repeat of today. May see a little bit more sunshine. Highs near 90. For our upcoming Labor Day weekend, perhaps the best range chance on Saturday, but still a few scattered showers and storms Sunday into Labor Day with highs in the upper 80s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Lowcountry's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. And here are your news headlines to get you caught up. A man who was wanted in connection to a deadly shooting early Tuesday morning in Georgetown has been arrested. According to Georgetown police, Stevion Marsh was taken into custody in Darlington County last night. Officers say they responded to the 2500 block of Prince Street around 1 o'clock Tuesday morning, where they found Cornelia Smith lying in a yard with a gunshot wound. He was taken to MUSC, where he later died. Police say more details about that arrest will be released very soon. We do have an update from a shooting that happened this weekend in downtown Charleston that injured a 10-year-old child who is still in the hospital but in stable condition. According to Charleston police, meanwhile, that suspect still being sought. The shooting happened around 7 p.m. Saturday on Jackson Street near Martin Park Playground. The investigation is ongoing and anyone with information is asked to call Charleston Police Department or Lowcountry Crime Stoppers. One person is dead, seven others in the hospital after a crash out of Orangeburg County. Troopers with Highway Patrol say this happened around 6.20 yesterday morning. They say a van was driving on Highway 301 near Shillings Bridge Road when it crossed all lanes, ran off the road, hitting a tree. There were a total of eight people in the van. Seven of them were taken to the hospital. The Orangeburg County coroner has not released the identity of that person who died. Another person has died following a crash out of Orangeburg County earlier this month. The South Carolina Highway Patrol says that victim was a passenger in a car that crashed on U.S. 301 near SC4 August the 5th. Troopers say the driver was injured in the crash, their condition unknown. Authorities have not identified that victim. Well, deaths from drug overdoses, they continue to rise in South Carolina year after year. Now, that's according to the Charleston Center. Yesterday, 330 of those lives, they were honored at the Light the Way for Hope event held at the Mount Pleasant Waterfront Park. Anna Harris spoke with two people who shared their stories on why they decided to get sober. The two people I spoke with say they went through years of addiction and are now multiple years sober. An event like Light the Way for Hope reminds them of why they're still here. Stephen Kosick of Hampton, South Carolina, says when he was 20 years old, he shattered his calcaneus, the large bone forming the heel of the foot. 
He says doctors prescribed him oxycodone. After taking higher doses year after year, he says the doses weren't strong enough. After getting addicted to heroin and fentanyl, he says he hit a wall. He says looking around at the bags with names written on them is touching. You know, you got to live live for how they would want you to live. You know, you have to um, you have to appreciate the times that you had with them and understand that everything, you know, happens for some kind of reason and uh, you know, I try to embrace all the good qualities that they liked in me and just be like that person. And um, you never know, um, you know, you never know when anyone's time's up. Kosick says getting help is important no matter how long or how many relapses it takes. In Mount Pleasant, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. Now, if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, both Charleston Center and Wake Up Carolina, they are offering help. Charleston Center has a 24-hour helpline at 843-722-0100. You can reach Wake Up Carolina, 843-972-8154. A near ban on abortion in South Carolina is now closer to becoming law. Yesterday, the State House of Representatives officially passed that bill, which awaits a debate in the Senate. And the biggest change to come out of the debate in the House, an exception was added to allow abortions for rape and incest victims, but only before 12 weeks of pregnancy. The bill also allows abortions to save the mother's life and health. It criminalizes doctors who illegally perform the procedure, but does not seek to prohibit contraceptives and in vitro fertilization. We knew that this was an emotional, personal issue to everybody. We also understood that we needed to pass a bill for the state of South Carolina. Is that important to all of us? Now, the bill would be next taken up in the Senate next week. A spokesperson for Republican Governor Henry McMaster says the governor believes this bill is a good starting point for the Senate to begin its deliberations. Former attorney Alec Murdoch's legal team has received evidence from the state in the trial of the deaths of his wife and son. Judge Clifton Newman ordered that release earlier this week. The judge also putting a temporary protective order in place, meaning only lawyers and people testifying will be able to see that evidence. In a statement, Murdoch's lawyers Dick Harputlian and Jim Griffin say, quote, we look forward to reviewing the state's materials and allegations immediately so we can continue to build a defense for our client so we're ready for the trial in less than six months, end quote. Murdoch is accused of shooting and killing his wife and son in June of last year. And a new court filing, attorneys for the Justice Department are arguing Dylan Roof's case should not be reviewed by the Supreme Court. Roof's attorneys requested justices take up his death sentence after he was convicted for killing nine people at Mother Emanuel Church in 2015. Roof represented himself during the sentencing phase of his death penalty trial. His attorneys argue that prevented jurors from hearing evidence about his mental health. But government lawyers argue that doesn't warrant a Supreme Court review. Roof is currently on death row at a prison in Indiana. Well, the U.S. government is asking for a modification of the bond for South Carolina businessmen 
Featured in a popular Netflix series, Tiger King, known as Doc Antle, the owner of Myrtle Beach Safari, is currently at the center of a federal case where he's accused of federal wildlife trafficking and money laundering. Investigators say he illegally trafficked animals such as lemurs, cheetahs, and a chimpanzee. He's also accused of laundering more than $500,000 in cash for an operation to smuggle illegal immigrants across the Mexican border. A motion filed yesterday is now asked asking a judge to modify Antle's bond conditions after the government said it was informed by the USDA that Antle is trying to sell Myrtle Beach Safari. The South Carolina Department of Parks, Recreation and Tourism is now taking pre-applications for the Undiscovered South Carolina Grant Program. That program aims to bring visitors to undiscovered parts of the Palmetto State. Molly McBride spoke to the director of South Carolina's Department of Parks and Rec about why the grant funding is so important to undiscovered areas. Good morning, Molly. What does she have to say? Good morning. The director of South Carolina's Department of Parks, Recreation and Tourism, Dwayne Parrish, says the grant was created to develop tourism in smaller, more rural areas across the state. Applicants must be a county or municipal government with accommodations tax distributions of $900,000 or less. The amount of the grant ranges from 50000 all the way up to $200,000. Parrish says a lot of the smaller cities in the state don't have the funding to develop a tourism industry of their own. So this grant will hopefully generate tourism in those smaller, less developed areas. Charleston can afford Bluestone Sidewalk, whereas Bamberg cannot. And that's the best way I can sort of uh, surmise it is is to say that it's intended for those areas to um, draw more tourists, draw more dollars and create economic development in an otherwise community that may not have as much as some of the larger cities do. Pre-applications will be accepted through an online portal and must be submitted by September 30th. For a link to that online portal, visit live5news.com and click on the story. Reporting live in Charleston, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. A South Carolina nonprofit committed to fighting for the health, education, and financial prosperity of the community has been awarded $11 million in federal funds from SC Housing. The money has been allocated to 39 South Carolina counties through Trident United Way affiliates. Officials say these grants will ensure their partners can continue to help community members applying for housing assistance. Lauren Quinlan joins us in the newsroom. Lauren. Trident United Way says affordable housing is one of the most critical resources for economically successful communities, and there's a list of services covered under these grants. Grants have been given to 18 local organizations providing housing stability services that range from eviction prevention counseling to mediation between landlords and tenants. Trident United Way in partnership with the United Way Association of South Carolina are serving as a subgrantee of the Emergency Rental Assistance Program. Recipients of the grant money have shared that it has allowed them to expand and continue their services in a way they couldn't have imagined. In the newsroom, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. Celebrating a birthday today, comedian Lily Tomlin turns 83. Singer Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees is 76. Talk show host Dr. Phil is 72. And singer Gloria Estefan turns 65. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Morning Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. 
Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.